Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, O2 Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe, and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Episode 10. You probably know that sensation you get when you're coming down with a cold, that gooey drip that runs down the back of your throat. Gross, yes, but a sure sign your immune system is working to protect you. But what if you have that dripping sensation all the time? What's that a sign of? You get an answer to that exact question in this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Our guest, Dr. Mina Kim, is a licensed naturopathic physician. She shares what chronic post-nasal drip really means. She also gives us uncommon insights into all too common problems like reflux, gut issues, and inflammation. And of course, she reveals their intimate relationship with counterfeit sleep. So get ready to connect the dots with Dr. Kim and get the insights you need to get on the path to healthy sleep. Hello, Dr. Kim, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about our conversation today. Uh, Certainly, I've worked with you directly as I was going on my own health journey. And um, we also had the opportunity to talk about, um, you know, for my book, Is Your Sleep Making You Tired? I loved that whole conversation that we had there. And so I really wanted to get you onto the podcast to let people hear all the, the, you know, the wonderful information. perspective and information that you have to offer. And um, yeah, so um, how about if you can start out uh, and and just tell us a little bit, I mean, the thing that we talked about a lot was the role of kind of inflammation in general and why we have so much information and then ultimately how it really does lead um, to counterfeit sleep. So if we can sort of, you know, walk our way through that and, um, you know, and then help people have a better understanding of the relationship between inflammation and counterfeit sleep by the end of the podcast. So let's see, inflammation, very trendy catch-all word these days in medicine. And how many things cause inflammation in our bodies these days? Too many. But then you ask yourself, how many of those factors are within our control? That dwindles the list considerably. Uh, Certainly the one big of course, inflammatory creator, stress, right? Stress response. But I can't very well tell everybody, oh, just go get rid of your stress. Your inflammation will go right down. You'll be especially, especially now while we're all in these uncertain yeah. times. Exactly. No, not, not going to happen so easily. So then we really need to start thinking about, well, what factors are within our control to get that inflammation way down? But before we get into that, your first original part of the question was, how in the world is inflammation even related to sleep? So what if my body's inflamed? That means I'm going to have poor sleep. 
absolutely you are to get to sleep to stay in sleep uh and more importantly to get that restorative deep sleep yeah inflammatory levels should be way down uh if inflammation is high we're talking, I mean, every system of the body, right? Your nose can get inflamed and clogged up. So you're not breathing properly through your nose. If it's severe enough, you're going to start mouth breathing. That's very poor sleep. Um, not only could your nose be inflamed, but you could also have this post-nasal drip that's occurring. Now that's affecting your throat, your tonsils, your adenoids. These are all very prime airway organs uh, intimately tied in with good quality sleep. Yeah, and let's unpack that for a second there, right? So you're talking about congestion in the nose and I always um, will say to somebody, just have you ever gone to bed with a head cold? And we all have, right? And we all know the night of sleep that you get is terrible because the airflow is disrupted right there at the nose level. And Mm -hmm. then you, you just talked about post-nasal drip and the effect on the things in the lower part of the throat. Can you just say a little bit more about that, how that would, you know, how post-nasal drip impacts? Irritates, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and how that would impact sleep? Many different things can cause post-nasal drip. So for now, let's just generalize and say some sort of inflammatory effect is going right to the nasal passages and creating this mucus production, which when we're lying prone, especially on our back, is going to drip, drip, drip down our throat. That's a great point, actually. I'm sorry, I didn't didn't even think about that, but in particular, when you are laying down as opposed to daytime, very good. Yeah, okay, good. And it's going to tie in with something that I'm going to kind of talk about in a little bit. But that drip down your throat, it can cause sore throat. Well, what is sore throat? It's literally inflammation of your throat and it's uncomfortable. Uh, if you post nasal drip alone can inflame, enlarge, or you know, make swollen your lymph glands right there, namely your tonsils and adenoids. That restricts your airway even further. Let's say your nasal passages are inflamed enough that you do the big uh oh, you start mouth breathing at night. That drops dries out your throat, inflaming it even more and making those tonsils and adenoids even bigger, right? I mean, right off the bat, at the beginning of your airway, inflammatory changes significantly impact sleep quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like if we uh, want to help the listeners think of, of airway in general, and it starts at the tip of the nose and really goes right up through the nasal cavities down through, you know, quote unquote, the throat area. Um, mm-hmm. But all the way, it's really just like a tube almost. It's just a space. It and is. so if at any point you make that space smaller, but through inflammation, right? Through like, you know, swelling, it's yeah. going to, you're going to have a harder time moving that air. And then it, we know we can talk later about why it's even worse during sleep, but anytime yeah. you're going to have trouble moving that air, it's going to make everything harder because breathing is our most basic function, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. to have regular airflow. Especially when we sleep, it's even more important um, and, you know, you mentioned the tip of the nose being the beginning of our respiratory passage. 
And although the nose isn't, but the mouth is certainly considered the beginning of our GI tract, our digestive system. So there's significant crossover here between the both the respiratory and the digestive system, especially at the back of the throat where the two meet. Uh, so my talk for you is going to involve a lot of GI health, nutrition factors that play into all of those inflammatory changes uh, that we already just started discussing. Yeah. yeah, that and I think that's great. And I and I love what you just mentioned about the mouth being the start of the GI tract, right? Like the 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 gut, really, right? And since we know that, what is it like eighty percent of our immune system is in our gut, right? So we really, really want to do the best we can to keep that healthy. And yeah. um, when you said before, you know, once you open your mouth for mouth breathing, it dries that out. What happens with dry tissue, right? Doesn't it allow bacteria and all kinds of stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And you then you lose, come along. What? Yeah, you lose moisture even just right in the mouth. Your saliva dries out. Our saliva, first line of defense, right? It contains nice antibodies. You dry it out, and yeah, you're you're already just um, knock that out of the park. Like no immune system in our mouth. That's what. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. If you keep you know breathing um, dry air into your mouth because our nasal passages moisten our air for us. But unknowingly, maybe we open our mouths to breathe at night. Now we have unmoistened, very dry air going back there, and honestly, our tonsils and our adenoids are almost. You have to treat them almost like leather furniture. Leather furniture, unless you treat it very regularly, will do what? Crack and dry right. out and get nasty. Well, our tonsils and adenoids do the same. You don't, you know, constantly nourish them with moistened air. They will dry, crack, swell. And now we have very poorly functioning glands. Um, but not only that, secondarily, they are absolutely impeding our airway. Yeah. Yeah. And what even happens? I know we're going to talk about nutrition a little bit and in the gut in general. So what even happens if you have this, it's almost like a, you know, a, a dump or something, if you're all dried out and bacteria has come to proliferate in the mouth, right? That's why kids end up with so many cavities, cavities. when they're mouth breathers, right? Yes. So what happens then? We then eat that food and the bacteria that's living in our mouths kind of gets into there when we're chewing and then yeah. that ends up in the gut as well. So, I mean, it really... Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, you can talk right even in the back of the throat, right? How many kids are prone to throat infections? Mm -hmm. um, some of it, sure, common, like if kids need to build their immune system, they encounter every virus and react to every virus as a kid. Um, but you have some of these mouth breathers who are just constantly prone, prone to what? Like, what's the most common thing? Recurrent strep throat. Strep throat. You know, uh, I just, I just uh, yeah. on the strep throat note, I, I just did an interview with a woman where she was telling about her sleep journey and, and how she banished counterfeit sleep. But she said before she recognized her problem, she used to have strep throat uh, 10 to 15 times a year. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. So yeah, uh, when it comes to sleep, you're, the crossover between our gut health, our respiratory health, and our immune health, it's all so intimate. Uh, we need to take care of all of those systems, yeah. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit, again, we've, we've been at the nose and, and the, the cavity and the back of the throat, let's let's go literally a little let's deeper. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going. 
going. I'm actually going to go right back to the back of the throat. Sure, Let's sure. say another very, very common GI problem, reflux, otherwise mm. known as gastroesophageal reflux disorder or GERD. Yeah. What happens with that? Well, typically, a lot of people can complain of what heartburn, right? Sure. And then you have an inflamed esophagus or food tube. But many people with bird also complain that they get this phlegmy throat. And it's even worse when they're lying down to sleep. And it all just accumulates in the back of their throat. Some people, it's so bad, they feel like they're choking. Mm. Immediately, I mean, you have such great sleep impact there in a negative way. Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to isyoursleepmakingyoutired.com and get your copy today. So yeah, people with GERD, uh, they do get, um, and post-nasal drip does contribute to it. Um, post-nasal drip, of course, can be part of a different type of reflux, but the one I'm talking that comes stomach up is going to inflame the throat because of all of the acid reflux coming up. And our body has wonderful defense mechanisms, right? So if it senses a lot of acid that's going to inflame and erode at the back of our throat, it attempts to produce a lot of mucus. Mm. Because the mucus is meant to coat and protect us from all of that erosion uh, that may be occurring. In any case, the combined effect is an inflamed, swollen, and phlegmy throat that really, it just impacts airway so much, you're, you're almost waking up from feeling like you're choking or suffocating, or you just can't breathe properly. Right, right. That's so interesting. It's, it's almost like the very fact that, um, well, let me say it this way, our bodies are masterful at compensating, right? Indeed. And yes. it's almost like they're too good because yeah. <laughs> we keep we keep making these compensations until it gets to the point where you're almost ready to, you know, break down completely. But you know, it, it can happen so slowly that you but don't if we realize do recognize the signs instead of ignoring the signs or thinking like, oh, why is my body doing this? Maybe, you know, just flip the perspective a little bit and think like, wait, why is my body doing this? Is this something that should be addressed and rectified here? I'm so happy that you just said that because that is really what the goal of the podcast is to help people say, you know, I am dealing with this, but, you know, and it's my normal but is it really normal? I actually even used what I always talk about the XYZ formula. And I say, if you have problem X, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. ask why, yes. <laughs> right? Don't just accept it <laughs> and right. make, and I say, and make your primary suspect your Z's, your yes. sleep, right? Because <laughs> if, like you don't, if you don't get the right sleep, everything's going to be affected yeah. and there. So you're absolutely right. I think we do come to accept too much. And maybe part of it is because our lives are so busy and we're just running, 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 but whatever it is, we really do need to say, Hey, even if uncle Joe had this and, and everybody in the family doesn't mean it's something I have to deal with. So right. I'm so, I, I agree with but, you. you know, some of our easy to access medicines also mask the problem, oh, uh, yes. right? So a person maybe who has dealt with enough poor nights of sleep due to their phlegmy throat, maybe they call their gastroenterologist or maybe they know themselves and they'll just run out to CVS and, oh, I'm, I'm just going to get a Prilosec. And then they start their Prilosec and it stops the acid production. So of course it helps remedy the heartburn and the phlegmy throat. 
and what they're happy as can be. I don't have a plan. I'm good. And they move on <laughs> without addressing the problem. Yeah. Exactly. And then it'll manifest in some other way always, yeah. really. Right. I mean, <laughs> I always know, even like for myself, um, I had a lot of skin problems because mm-hmm. I didn't know I had uh, food intolerances and, and ultimately right. gut issues. So what um, and then, you know, you don't want to walk around with like all eruptions on your 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 face. Right. So right. I was putting these prescription creams on it. And then ultimately what happened, I developed asthma. And I didn't know it at the time, but um, it's basically like when you're suppressing your body's ability to kind of get rid of these toxins, then they stay in there and they have like really a deeper effect, you know? And so, um, you know, if we, if we, if like you said, you know, kind of look at it with a different perspective, you know, and sort of, you know, just shift it to say, hey, why do I have this? I think that's great. So maybe actually, um, uh, uh, maybe it's a good time for us, if we could, to sort of transition to what would be some signs that people would see that we kind of always would say, oh, that's just, you know, how I am. That's just how I run. But that really could be, uh, you know, a a sign that there's something going on that could ultimately Ultimately, right off of the whole reflux discussion, right? So what if you don't run for a PPI like Prilosec or Nexium, right? The big purple pill or an H2 blocker like Pepsid or Zantac. Instead of covering up the problem, what if you do start asking yourself like, wait, what, do I have a bigger issue here that I can address that would ultimately help uh, you know, bring my gut health back to baseline, which would, of course, then positively impact my sleep, which, to, of course, then would mean my daytime behavior is just so much better, my daytime mood, my daytime energy, all of these things. Right. So from obviously from my perspective as a special naturopathic specialist, I do a lot of gut health. Um, there's a lot that I can do to help people with sleep issues by addressing and cleaning up their gut health, uh, remedying things like telltale signs of GERD or bad breath. That's another great sign that already tells me, uh-oh, there's something going on with this patient's GI health. Mm-hmm. Or if a patient comes to me and they don't think it has anything to do with their gut health, but they're reporting like, I have really bad BO. This was not always the case. I didn't, it wasn't like this five years ago, but now it's like rotten eggs. Like what's going on? I need help. (laughs) I know exactly what's going on. You know, they have a a lot of bacterial overgrowth in their gut and there are certain types of bacteria, right? Sulfide producing bacteria that give you that sulfur smell, that rotten egg smell. Mm -hmm. It may come out this way, it may come out this way, uh, but in any case, like you were saying, suppressing toxins, our body will find a way to get rid of yeah, it. Yeah. Gas release, this way you can smell it. Our pores, our skin, our largest detox organ, it's going to come right out. Right, right. So let me ask you a question on the, the body smells thing. What about people who have um like stinky feet is that also related same thing any part of the body that has pores and it starts releasing odors releasing smells um, i mean not smells uh chemicals you could even release 
little tiny hair-like things. Um, our pores are big enough that whatever the toxin may be, if it fits out that pore, it will be released. That and that's is. only in the case that our body's other excretory organs are burdened and overloaded. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we're not addressing the problem and the problem's growing bigger and bigger. Oh, and so that yeah. So yeah. that actually makes perfect sense with what you said earlier about the person who said, hey, I never had this problem. And all of a sudden, it's almost like, you know, the body can take so much and then it, it compensates, uses all its systems, does whatever. And then it gets to the point where it's as a last resort, you know, yeah. it has to get out. Well, tell me, what was it you just said about how we can even release small hair? We could, yeah. Um, through the, I, through I, the pores? Yes, we can. Um, I, I have patients go through these incredible detox treatments where uh, once they, I mean, I won't go through the whole protocol, but they're really stimulating their body to release toxins because they've come to a point where they realize like, oh my gosh, I have just so much built up in me. I am really going to try to detox myself, cleanse it all out. I really want to be in a healthier place. Yeah. So they go through these different stages of detox. One of the final stages in some of these cleanses is taking things like magnesium salt baths or Epsom salt baths. Mm -hmm. uh, magnesium serves many purposes, but one of its purposes is to act as a mild detox. It can help open up the pores and draw things out. Um, and it's questionable what those things are, but I have, you know, even pictures that my patients show me, they'll be in the bath and you see these, it almost does look like little body hairs, but the bathtub is filled with them and it's really coming out their skin. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. So, yeah. I want to just Never tell you a story. Things. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Never suppress things. Always okay. try to figure out like, what is my body trying to tell me and how can I fix it? Yeah. Wow. So that is really fascinating. Um, and yeah. And I think it's interesting. People always say don't suppress anything emotionally. Right. And same thing physically, you know, the body has to get it out and it will come out in some way at some way. point. Absolutely. It yeah. Will. yeah. And it may not look pretty <laughs> like those little hairs, but at least it's getting out. But ultimately it's better out than in. <laughs> Absolutely. That's really great. So let me ask you um, two questions as we wrap up here. Mm -hmm. So the first one is um, knowing what you know uh, as a nature path and having worked with as many patients as you have, um, what would you put on a billboard to sort of get a message out? And again, with a billboard, you know, it's relatively small. People are driving by relatively quickly. So what kind of message would you want to put on there? Oof, what a good question. <laughs> I have many things that come to mind. Um, but because food as my first line of therapy in almost every way that I approach most of my patients, it's going to be food related. Whether it's as cliche as you are what you eat, sure. Um, I think I like this other kind of saying better, pay the farmer today and not the doctor tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think there's so much we need to really be shifting our thinking on in terms of, um, you know, even if you've gotten to the point of realizing how important food is, now we have to take the next step and say how important our farmers and our yeah. dirt, our, like our land is, and we really hopefully can put some energy into that as well. 
So where can people find you? Yeah, I work at uh, Integrative Family Medicine of Connecticut. That's the name of our practice. Uh, the website is shortened. Uh, it's just ifmct.com, which stands for Integrative Family Medicine of Connecticut. And I do. I do in-person consultations as well as over-the-phone or Zoom telemedicine consults as well. Wonderful. Okay, so I will put that, um, your website, right into the show notes so people can find it. And, um, and again, I thank you so much. Thank you for having me. When you're ready for your aha moment, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, go to counterfeitsleep.com and take the counterfeit sleep screening. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>